Hey, this is Craig Wade and Brian Allen Delaney from B Movies and Ebooks, a podcast about cult and horror films and genre fiction. You can catch new episodes on iTunes and Stitcher every Wednesday, or you can watch us live on Blab.im Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Central. B Movies and Ebooks. We bleed fiction. The following podcast is a B and E Network exclusive. Always have a script. 
they were drinking something and and we need to refill the glass that's not it at all right. you know like on on the ground set there was a <laughs> lot of you know shooting things out of order right. um, and it's like well we can't shoot this first because you know the house has to be wrecked right and we can't wreck it yet for this reason you know so you really have to know the timeline of the film uh, to make sure that you don't screw yourself later right at the end when you come back and you're like oh crap well we just ruined this and we actually needed it for a pickup shot you know right which kind of goes like the one thing i remember like speaking of the glass the one thing i remember was like the blueberry pie with pin yeah, yeah. And him, he like, stop eating it. Yeah, I mean, like, literally, we sat there and they put a blueberry pie in front of Penn, and he just started to eat and did not stop. I think we actually had to pull, they bought a little mini one that we actually ended up having to use for a lot of the shots because yes. he ate the entire pie. When we weren't shooting, it wasn't like he yeah. was eating it during the takes. It was like, okay, let's rehearse, and then, whoa, 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 Penn, no, wait, yeah. hold on. Yeah, slow, slow down. down. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, that was that was one of those situations where I was like... And I remember... Uh, I remember... What the hell was her name? Uh, I remember Leah asking about the plate. She was like, should we clean this off? And I was like, well, I mean, he's already eaten. So, it, you know, we kind of had to deal with it at yeah. that point. Because, remember, like, we hardly had water. So... Right. I mean, getting running water, that would have taken a whole another amount of time. So we kind of had to live with it. Right. But I think Mark cheated pretty well around that to where we didn't really see that there was... Yeah, we didn't show the... We didn't really show the plates very much. Yeah. So it it worked. He just got a a good meal that day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Cheese and pie. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So... But ultimately, it's just... It's really... It's a really in-depth, like, control of the script and, you know, being able to, to cover almost all departments, you know. Right. I'm, I'm pretty sure on, on this particular film set, uh, you know, I had every department coming to ask me a question, which is how it should be. And I actually was excited because I figured the only reason why they kept coming back to me was because I usually, I had an answer for them. Right. So I felt like I was doing my job when I had people asking me and... and I like having the answers, so it's an important position, I think, but I just don't get to do it very often, so I was happy to be able to do it. I remember when they were first uh, trying to get positions filled for this movie, Yeah. Uh, script supervisor wasn't even offered to me for this. Right. I had about three other positions that were offered, <laughs> and uh, I was ha- more than happy to do any and all of them, but uh, finally Mel asked me, you know, what, can you list me in order? Uh, positions that you can do and would want to do from you know most most valued to the least valued and script supervisor was my first I mean that that was the first thing I listed and it just sort of happened that a couple weeks later all of a sudden they needed one and so I was I was fortunate enough to be able to get that position nice yeah yeah and I remember I remember Mel telling me that you were going to do scripty and I was like really like I kind of it took me aback for a minute because I didn't realize that that was something you actually were interested in like I never and I didn't as you could tell I never even knew you did scripting before so I mean that's pretty cool I mean once again another another notch in the belt you know that we can keep adding that we can say hey you know we 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 can do all this stuff right and do it well yeah and I just I feel like um it's a really good position for me because I'm able to still work in most of the departments that I really like 
Because, I mean, I like working in camera department, um, but, you know, it's like a whole different mindset. Like, you have to have to be so consumed with that. Um, and I obviously like more of the production side of it. So as a scripty, you literally get to be in almost every, you know, because even with Rosie, we sat down a lot to go over wardrobe because we had, I think, six days within the script that took place. So that's a yeah. lot of wardrobe changes. Yeah. And a lot of, like, details. You know, so I, I was even, I felt like, you know, she even helped me be a part of that department too. So it was right. kind of like a fun way to jump around and be able to put it put it together but yeah. but that's that's I guess somewhat of a segue into one of the big things I wanted to add after listening to your and Mel's podcast on, right. um, on the last one was uh, mostly on tank day so that was like <laughs> that was one of the hardest days uh, for me I think well tank day mentally. one tank day one yeah because um, you know it was so funny. I, I remember like the countless production meetings that we had trying to go over like worst case scenarios for this tank. Yeah. You know, like if what happens if it, you know, doesn't go, it, it wasn't ever if it doesn't go through. It really was more like what happens if the house didn't fall down or if the house completely collapses. Right, and it, it was never on the tank. And no, yeah. it was never if the tank doesn't make it through or right. at least in the ones I was in. Well, it's, but I remember I told you about the last meeting we had, which actually I didn't talk about in the last podcast. Yeah, because I, I didn't make it to that meeting. Yeah. <laughs> Not going to say why, but yeah. Um, so, basically, we went to that meeting that night, and we were talking about everything, and I, I distinctly remember saying, what if this thing doesn't go through? You know, and I was like, well, okay, that's doubtful, but, you know, we, then we continued on what if it falls on the tank and like we have to stop everything to get everything off the tank so the guys can get out yeah. you know I mean there's a lot of factors that go into this and that's why like Mel said like Mel and I both said on the last podcast that it's like well this really is a day and that's why it was scheduled that way was because there's too many what ifs there's too many things that are left open that we don't know until we do it you know we right. don't really know what's going to happen until it happens well so. in in what I, I hate to say as a little bit of unpreparedness that I had for that because yeah. I just was so sure that at least the tank would make it to the other side. Right. That when it didn't, it just literally like threw my mind for a loop. But, yeah. but that's not, to me, that's not what held us back for shooting anything the rest of that day. I mean, we shot, obviously, we got some shot that day. Yeah. But I know that y'all mentioned um, it took it took us a little while. Right. And hold for car. <laughs> um, it took us a little while to get started on something else, and it it was mostly because well the rain sucked, right? Yeah, I mean it rained. We we've already talked about that too. It, yeah, it already rained. Yeah, but it poured. But it was kind of it was kind of more of the rain that screwed us that day yeah. than it was the tank not going through because right. um, our one of our biggest props that got <laughs> rained on was pretty much what we needed to shoot for the rest of that day. Yeah. And it was going to be pretty obvious that the minute someone touched it, it would disintegrate yeah. because it had been rained on. And it had built so this prop, which we probably shouldn't say because it actually is kind of an integral part of the movie. Yeah. Um, this prop 
it was the way they made it the top was kind of made of foam so that's why you know it would it basically would, was starting to disintegrate as it got ready. yeah and, Go ahead. and it just but we needed to wrap pin out that day right we had so to. that was there was like we can't stop shooting and wait till tomorrow we have to wrap him out so we have to move forward exactly so then it became okay well how are we going to shoot this with you know with in mind the minute that someone touches this prop it's going to disintegrate so then we kind of had to start sort of rewriting the story a little bit and and rich was amazing at coming up with with options i mean he had to have come up with like a hundred different options <laughs> of what we could shoot right and i i pretty much turned every single one of them down because of because of a continuity reason right usually it was like right. no we can't do that because we have to shoot this scene tomorrow and and we can't ruin this because we have to have it intact then right and we can't shoot this because the house is supposed to have a hole in it and there's not a tank there right and i mean i remember he laughed at one point because he was like you're getting, he's like you're really annoying right now because <laughs> every time i come up with a fix you come up with a problem right and i was like i know but that's my job you know like right. i'm sorry so it it was pretty much a solid hour of that. Yeah. And it was it, it just it really was hard. It was more of a continuity thing than anything else because we sh we were shooting scenes backwards in order to get pin out right. and we could we had to keep everything pristine so when we shot the previous scenes the next day we didn't, you know, we couldn't because we had no time to build a new prop. Right. There was no budget no, or time. There was no budget or time for that. So I mean, we really, because I even think that if we, now, not to say that, like, if there was pre-production of a plan B, which I know Rich was really trying to do, and, but there just really wasn't much of a plan B we could do beforehand, right. so it was really kind of like a worst case scenario that had happened, and so now what do we do, and it was, it was just really hard, I mean, that was a hard puzzle, that was like a 40,000 piece puzzle that we were trying to put together, yeah. and it, we finally, actually, honestly, it was Penn that came up with sort of the fix. Yeah. Um, or he came up with part of it, and then Rich and I were able to sit down and kind of rewrite it to sort of make sense, and, and then we were able to do it. But even then, you know, it took so much time out of our day. Since it was cloudy, we were losing light even earlier. Right. Um, and there was just, there was a lot of set dressing, I guess we'll say, and we really didn't have an art department. Yeah, so, I mean, our, our art department was pretty much me and Brittany. Yeah, pretty so much the whole time. It, so. it was really a scramble at the end, but um, but I, I'm gonna say that a good portion of it though wasn't actually because of the tank not going through. I think it was the rain that it screwed was, us for that. Yeah, well, and I mean, day. and that's kind of what screwed us all together too. Is and I mean, throughout what Brittany's talking about through a lot of this, like I was literally over by a tank, just basically with the set medic. Just watching it, basically. Yeah, making sure making nobody sure, got sure, hurt. Yeah, making sure everything was safe and that, you know, at least there was a representative from the set other than the medic there. So that way everybody was safe. Because John, John was a beast of his own to, just to handle. Yeah. You know, I mean, he was safe, but at the same time, he was doing crazy stuff that you're like, okay, wait a minute. Like, yeah. there's falling glass here, John. Don't walk under that. But yeah. Of course, what did he do? walked under it you know I mean it was stuff like that that it was you you just had to deal with people and doing things and trying to get things done you know yeah and 
compromise. It was like, well, there still may be a little of, uh, at, you know, after effect post-production that needs to be done. So, right. well, we need to really pass it by Jason and make sure he's okay with that. Because there was a couple times where we thought we had it solved. But then, you know, Jason was like, I really would prefer not to do that. It's going to take a while. Right. You know, tr can you find another fix? So we'd kind of go back to the drawing board. And uh, we finally found a compromise that, you know, I, I told him, I was like, it's literally one shot. If I promise that it's static, you know, can yeah. you do this one? Because it's the only way I can fix it. You know, and he was, uh, you know, he was very, he was happy to do that. So we were able to move on. But right. um, it, it just seemed like from my position that I was in, there was, there was a lot. I mean, there was a lot going on. I know there's a lot going on in every position and on like the front, because I know Chris, you, you saw obviously a lot of the behind the scenes, uh, like dealing with problems and fires, but then also like on set, you know, dealing with camera and, and actors and stuff like that. Yeah. But I kind of felt like there was a middle scene somewhere on Video Village where Jason <laughs> and Rich and I sat. Yeah. And there was a lot going on in that Video Village oh, yeah. area. Well, and I mean, like, there was stuff that I, I'm not even privy to, you know, like things that would happen but it would be between you three while I was out dealing with another fire. Right. And it, and it, it, it became most apparent, honestly, in the days that Video Village had to be completely in a separate room. Yeah. Because we weren't able to have a lot of communication with you. And I know there was one day that, that you got, I think, upset with me and them. Because we, it was it was interesting because we could hear y'all in yeah. the contacts right. through the mics. And we would almost have like an entire meeting in like a four minute segment while y'all were talking about a shot. And then we had it figured out by the time you walked in to ask us. And so I think by the intensity of the night... It probably kind of sounded, you know, snapping at you. Yeah. Because we had already talked about it, but it wasn't fair because you couldn't hear us and we had, you know, we were having separate meetings, basically. Right. You were having meetings with camera. Right. And we were having basically producer meetings. Right. So it was, uh, it was, it became complicated, but. Yeah. It was tough, but we, we got through it. Yeah. Actually, that night turned out really well because. We got through it and did extra. And did extra, and so. I and I was I you know Rich told me that he was he was very happy that night. Like he right. was happy with the way the footage was looking, uh, you know. And that's that's ultimately like what what's important, right? Is yeah. that the director's happy with his work. Well, and I mean that's what we're working towards. And, and I was I knew that everybody was working so hard that day, and I, I really wish that we could have. Like, I tried to spread that word a little bit yeah. as best I could to kind of get people's morale back up. Because sometimes it's hard in the middle of a shoot to realize, you know, that you're doing it for something. We're not just right. shooting this and getting some footage that might never be seen. You know, like, right. people are happy. We're, we're progressing. It's good. So, right. um, you know, that was a really good day. But I... I have to, you know, I have to give Rich props because I even, I even sent him an email, you know, telling him that I, from what I saw as a person who's, you know, has scripts and who's sort of directed a film, um, I, I, I guess like I'm controlling against my work. Yeah. It's hard for me to compromise. Um, I like people's input, but if I truly envision something, it's hard for me to compromise. Right. And I... You know, I know that this probably isn't his passion project, but he compromised so much, um, and willingly. Yeah. 
right? He was willing to, you know, figure out a scene or cut a, cut something uh, just so we could make the day right. and just so the film would be made. That to me, that's commendable because I don't I don't know if I would be that <laughs> that willing, but well, hopefully I would have enough pre-production where I wouldn't need to do any of that. Right. Well, but, and, uh, I mean, sometimes he kind of. It was almost like his back's against the wall, like you really don't have a choice. You, know you what don't, I mean? right. Like, but, it was like either rewrite it or cut the scene because we're running out of time. But you and, know that there's probably a lot of people out there that wouldn't understand that. No, and they'd probably yeah. throw a fit or Absolutely. they'd stomp off, off set, yeah. you know, or break down or yell at somebody. Yeah. You know, there was, there's so many other ways that I could see that going. And he handled it like a trooper. I mean, yeah. He was just like, okay, that's fine. He's like, whatever we got to do, let's just get this movie done. Yeah. And we joked all the time about how him and I together could pretty much justify anything in the world. Oh, my God. Y'all were just... It got to the point where I was literally sitting there going, wow, they have literally justified everything (laughs) in this film. And stuff that, like, I was like, I don't even understand how it's going to work. I would walk up to you guys. You'd be like, oh, yeah. It's just because, you know, it's a hippie compound. Don't worry about it. It works. Okay. Well, I mean, if y'all are cool with it, I'm cool with it. Yeah. No, I could have a backstory for anything that that wasn't supposed to happen on that set but did. Right. (laughs) So, it was, you know, it was good. But I I think that uh, there there was probably a lot that, you know, we could have we could have cut down on but in all honesty you know I, I, it's pretty amazing what we've what we accomplished yeah. I think with yeah. everybody so and that's something I said on the last podcast and I'll, you know, I'll definitely reiterate is that I feel like for 14 days of shooting we the images we have the, the movie we have in the can looks like we spent a month on it it yeah. does I mean that's really crazy if you think about it 14 yeah. days for a feature yeah I mean, that's, that's tough, and, and, I mean, we really, we got it, I mean, even though it was one location, I mean, how big was that location, right? Like, right. there's rooms upon rooms, so it, yeah. was, it was almost a company move, but, exactly. uh, you know, with all, as many actors as we had, and, and the complex shots that we had, because we had effects, we had babies, you know. The only thing we didn't have was animals. With, but Rich said there was animals I in know. the original script, when but. He said that to me, I was like, you're shitting me, yeah. right? Like, yeah. I just couldn't believe it. I was like, you actually had animals in yeah. the script. Yeah, he said Jason convinced him to not have them, and so he, he took that advice, and fortunately for us, there were there were no animals. So. Thanks, Miller, if you're listening. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. it was um, it was really complex, and yeah. we, we were able to get it, and I think it's going to look really good, I mean, especially sure. in product. For sure, which I actually will have eyes on it hopefully in the next couple of weeks because yeah. I'm going to do the, you know, the first rough yeah. cut, maybe even more than that. I don't know. Uh, I right. know. I know Jason said at least wants me to do the assembly edit, so we'll do that and see what we come up with. Um, but no, I actually want to go back to the tank thing because I remember something popped in my head that I remember and I was like, oh shit, I forgot to even talk about that on the last podcast, was basically, I remember we were me and the set medic were looking at the tank and they were backing it up and doing all that crazy crap that they were doing and it was pouring down rain and I remember you walking up to me and you're like okay I think we have a solution to our problem and I I could just see it on your face like we've 
gone over this like a thousand times. You <laughs> Please know? God, don't find anything wrong with this solution. Right. I'm going to tell you our solution, Chris. You just agree with it. And I remember you telling me the solution and I was like, sounds good. Like, you know, because at that point, I mean, I was kind of out of it. You know, it wasn't that I wanted to be because I totally wanted to be back there helping. Yeah. But it was just like there was no way. You know what I mean? There was no way with everything that was going on. Oh, for sure. And with all the actors and everybody. Because people just, when crazy stuff happens, people just congregate around it. And then they start doing stupid things. I think we talked about that on the last podcast. But it was one of those situations where just her alone, there was no way that she could manage everybody around that place. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, I mostly... Obviously, I wanted to keep you up to date as, you know, the AD of, like, this is what we're doing. But, you know, I also didn't want you to feel like the entire production was just falling apart. Right. Well, I was stressing about that, too. Right. I just, I, because I knew that it did take us a long time to finally start shooting something again. But it was, I, you know, so I wanted to keep you in the loop to be like, look, we're still trying to figure this out. We're not just like, oh, Chris is... Chris is on break, yeah, so to say, like, so to speak. Right. So we're just gonna sit here until the tank's done. Yeah, exactly. You know, because obviously we had a huge deadline that day. Yeah, so. I mean, we essentially had that we had to have Pen wrapped. There was no question. Pen had to be wrapped that day. Yeah. So because he was flying out the, the next day. Yeah. So you know, it was just one of those situations where it's like we have to be done regardless. Yeah. It doesn't matter if we shoot till the end of the night. Like he has to be wrapped. Yep. So, so we were, yeah, we were moving, but it was, yeah. it was crazy. But that's what I kept saying. I've said it like a hundred times and y'all kind of mentioned it on the last one, you know, that with this thing, with as many um, out of our hands problems that happened, you know, on all the other sets that I've been on, it's just like, I could see them just falling apart. Like, yeah, I couldn't imagine another set going through everything that our set went through. Right. But just the fact that, like, everybody was so on point, we were able to, you know, it was a struggle in some moments, like that, like that tank day, but we were able to get through it, and, and I just, I just think that the crew that we had was just amazing, I don't think that, I don't think, I don't know, like, I know there's other people that are good at their job, but I was just so happy to be with everybody that was on our yeah. set at that time. Special thanks to the house. Just going to throw that out there for the crew. Yeah. Ultimately, I mean, he he's the reason we're all here. You know what I mean? Yeah. That we were all there. Yeah. Um, that is the reason we're all here. Yeah. <laughs> we all exist. But no, I mean, because reality, I mean, he, you know, he handpicked all of us and said, hey, this is the A crew. This is who we need. Yeah, and, and we needed the A crew on the shoot, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, for how crazy it was, like, we, I could see if we wouldn't have had one of, just any one of the people that we had, if we wouldn't have had them, we probably could have fallen apart. At one Pro- point. I mean, yeah, because, I mean, all, like, all the jobs are so important as is, but, you know, if we would have had to have worn multiple hats, like, you know, in a lot of indie films, yeah. it would have, it would have you know, we wouldn't have made it because right. everybody would have been so strung out day one even. Exactly. That, uh, we really needed some person in every position that really knew what they were doing. Right. So, we yeah. had that. Yeah. I mean, it. in all in all, like, it worked out perfect. I mean, 
my experience, best crew we've ever had, no issues. I mean, and nobody really like complained. I mean, no, there was there was so. a couple of complaints, but it was okay. they were valid. You know what I mean? It wasn't. It was like safety and things like that. Like they they were people were complaining about things that actually made sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? Instead of like the normal complaining of, oh, it's so late, we're so tired. You know, like. We all knew everybody we were, was late and tired. Yeah, we <laughs> all knew we were going to be late and tired. Like, and we just had to get through it, and we knew that from the get go. And we just, you know, we all buckled in and kept going. Yeah. So well, and it really felt like everybody cared about it too. Like, yeah. there's a lot of productions where you're on, and people are like, "Well, this is just my job, and I'm here from you know nine to five or whatever. And as soon as I'm done, I'm done." Right. And and while you know a lot of the a lot of the crew members could go home at night and you know not think about the film while they were on set like they truly cared about it right they truly cared about the end product of it and it showed because there were a lot of things that could have slipped through the crack um but like like katie and rosie were on top of their game oh, yeah. as far as makeup and wardrobe went because let me tell you like the way that we ended up having to shoot or scheduling wise because because y'all had it scheduled almost to where we were almost shooting everything chronologically. Yeah. Which was, I was like, this is a first ever. <laughs> and it, it kind of happened, but kind of didn't happen just for various, you know, scheduling right. reasons. And so, uh, like I said, there were six days in the script. So that was, and it wasn't the same outfit every day. It was no. six different outfits on 13 different characters. Yeah. And, and there was actually more than that because one of the days there were multiple outfit changes. And yeah. so... And the same with hair and makeup, you know, uh, Katie did really good about, like, progressing, you know, certain people's looks. Like, they really, their look was really for that character. It wasn't like, oh, we have a bunch of girls and they all kind of look the same. They just have pretty makeup. Right. It's like each girl had a specific look to her character. And, you know, while, while sometimes it was uh, cumbersome yeah. <laughs> trying to get 13 people done. Right. Uh, it was still... It was still worth it, I think, in the end. Oh, so. yeah, totally. I mean, and speaking from that perspective, which I think I talked a little bit about it on the last podcast, but the reality is, is like, they, Katie and Aaron nailed that. And, like, once they got the groove and they knew exactly how they were going to attack everybody's hair and makeup. Yeah. I mean, it was probably about two hours every day to get everybody out. Right. But still, two hours for 13 people. Right, because you still like, have to have someone on set doing last looks yeah. while we're shooting. Because we're shooting things, too, while they're still exactly. doing So they're running from makeup room all the way to set, yep. you know, back and forth. And, and I mean, flawless, like two hours. Like, yeah. I knew, by, I knew by the end of the first week that in two hours we'd have everybody done. Yeah. Every day. And it was the truth. I mean, she stuck to it every single time. And there were even days where she offered to come in early with other actors just so she yeah. could get further ahead. Right. You know? So, I mean, Katie, hands down, you're a plus in our book. And yeah. if you are listening, you definitely will be recommended and brought on to future things. For sure. Yeah. So. And we even got, you know, <laughs> emails early morning from, from Rosie because yeah. she was worried about certain wardrobes. So, I mean, she was constantly thinking. Yeah. About it. And, like, that would have been a huge deal if someone was wearing the wrong outfit. Like, when you start cutting that together, that, right. I mean, that would make a scene unusable almost. Exactly. And so, there was, 
I just remember that being, that was almost one of the biggest, con I mean, because obviously it's a continuity thing, but I just remember that being one of the biggest troubles that we had, because there was one scene that I remember you and I kind of, like, we didn't get into a fight, but we were kind of, like, intensely talking to each other yeah. on the walkie about, because yeah. there's two dinner scenes, and they take place on two different days, right. and then we shot the later one first on one day, and then the first one later, but then yeah. we had to do some pickup shots, and so it, there was, like, this huge confusion on, like, what outfits they were wearing, but, right. you know, we were obviously able to get it, get it taken care of, um, you know, but there was a lot of times where, well, a lot of times, there was one time where our days changed, like, yeah. in the script, we changed it from night to the next morning, and yeah. so then it was a new day, and... Well, and I remember that because, which, by the way, let me say this too, Rosie, you're obviously a go in our book, and we'll definitely bring you on. Love you, girl. Just gotta say that, because it's the truth. But, um, anyway, back Even to though that. you play slot machines without us and win a lot of money. I know, what the hell? <laughs> so, anyway, but, literally, I remember that day that we did that, and I was like, oh no, you know, it's, so we're still, because I remember coming up to you and Rosie and saying, okay, so we're switching this tonight. What do they need to be wearing? You know what I mean? Because, Technically, they flopped now, and it's instead of it being day five, it became night four. Do you yeah. remember that? Yeah. Yeah, so it was like, okay, well, what do they need to be wearing? And so you and Rosie immediately hit the books, and it was yeah. awesome to see, you know what I mean? Because y'all were just figuring it out. You know, you were like, it's okay. So Rosie was like, well, I remember this for night four, and you're like, yeah, I remember this, and it worked out really well, you know, and it just was awesome to see that happen. Where, like, on a lot of sets, I could see that turning into a fight. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, yeah. Instead, you well, both just Well, we saw it together. on a fight, didn't we? Yeah, we totally we did. We saw it on a fight, or a fight on a production right before this one. We totally did. It yeah. was, And it was, like, a hands-down, like, this actually shouldn't have happened in front of cast or crew. Yep. It should have been behind closed door kind of fight. Yep. I so, we've, we've already experienced it. Exactly. So. Exactly. So... But, you know, I mean, that is, it is what it is. And I mean, it's nice to see whenever a crew can come together and become a family and be able to be like, you know what, we're here to make this happen for a reason, like you said. Right. And actually be a family and a unit instead of, oh, well, this is my job. This is my job. Don't tell me what to do. You know right. what I mean? So, you know, that's always nice. Yeah. But, um... Well, but I mean, yeah, yeah, you pretty much covered like most most of what I experienced too uh, on the last podcast. It was just that extra little like center, you know, not behind the scenes and not in front of the scenes that, yeah. that was there. But and I know, like, we probably did talk a little more than than what we should have during a production. But since we didn't necessarily get to do it in pre-production, I, you know, I. I felt like a lot of them were necessary in order for us to not stop a motive, you know, a, a momentum later. Right. Um, so, you know, anytime that I felt like maybe it wouldn't, it wasn't necessary, I was trying to cut it short, but there were a couple times where I think you and I kind of caught eyes and you were kind of like, what the hell, we need to move. Yeah. And it was like, okay, I'll try to hurry, but I feel like this is important. <laughs> you know, I'm yeah. seeing it from all the sides, but yeah. you know, we'll get it done. But I, I really enjoyed it. I never, I mean, there was a couple intense moments, but I felt like it was more of a thriving point for me, uh, just because I felt like it was a time to shine almost, you know, like let's, right. let's figure this out. And we were, were able to, so the satisfaction at the end of the day for me was, was totally worth it. For sure. 
Yeah, I mean, I do remember there were a couple times that that was probably my biggest thing, and I remember I voiced it several times, was, okay, we're taking too long talking about this, like, we need to move, you know, like, we're not going to make our day if we don't quit talking. Right. So, and it was nothing against you or Rich or Mark, for that matter, like, it was just... Well, that's just part of your job. Yeah, it's like, I've okay, make we're, okay, you've you've had your allotment of time to talk. It's time to move. Right. You know, like that's that is your job is right. to say, okay, it's like you're like the ref, right? It's like, yeah. okay, break it up. Let's yeah, do I'm this. like, come on, let's move. Yeah, <laughs> stop, so, stop hugging each other. Now it's time to fight. Let's do this. Exactly. Come on. So. So. Yeah, it's. I mean, you were doing your job imperfectly, and that's why I I thought it was so funny because, like, you were really good about doing it and not not being like an annoying yelling person right because yeah. I feel like that job can easily be handled I mean I remember other sets I've worked on like universal sets yeah. uh, you know in Texas and stuff where the first AD's yelling and you know I'll be hanging out with, like the special effects guys or whatever and they're just kind of like making fun of her because yeah. it's like uh, you know we don't really care what you say you're just kind of like the you're basically the megaphone for the director and you're kind of being annoying about it right but you were kind of like always out in the action and always helping and doing something so it's like everybody knew that you would never ask someone to do something you wouldn't do right and so they they had that respect for you so anytime you were serious because you, you know, you laughed and had a good time on set too, and so anytime that it got intense, people knew, okay, no, well, we we need to move. Yeah, you know? we need to quit. We need to quit screwing around. Which, is, to me, is is what that position needs. Like, you need to have the respect, but you also need to know when it's like you can't just play around the whole time. Right. But at the same time, don't be, you know, like a Nazi. Right. hundred percent of the time, like it's, you need to keep people's morale up. Absolutely, and so, it's a it's a fine line to walk. You know what I mean? I mean that's that's one thing I've we, I've talked about in other podcasts is that it's a fine line to walk as far as Nadine. You can either be way too nice, you know what I mean, and then they don't respect you, or you can be way too mean and they hate you. you right. Know, they make fun of you, like you said. Yeah. So it's like trying to find that balance and being able to get respect but still give it. Right. You know, it's it's a very tough thing. And I feel like I've mastered it. I mean, I'm not trying to... No, I think you have. The only only critique I would have... Yeah. But it's not really a critique on you. It's more about the position as a whole. And it's more for other people on the production. Yeah. Is that really and truly your position is a thankless job. Yeah. And so you do tend to carry a lot of the stress of the production and no, not very many people at the end of the day are like, Chris, that, you know, we made our day. I'm really happy with how it went. Uh, you know, thank you. Because sometimes, you know, even though you've made your day, you go home kind of feeling defeated because, yeah. you know, because you, you've done nothing but yell at everyone all day. Right. And so you feel like the bad guy and that's not the case. There was never a time on that set where I felt like people were, you know, mad at you or irritated at you. Everybody was always pleased with what you did but you know as a production as a whole like and it doesn't have to just be for the AD position for any position I mean just definitely recognize your people and um you know there was a time where you sat down and and thanked everybody else right before like our last day I think yeah you know trying to get everyone's morale back up like we're just going to do our final push through um, but I think, um, you know, as the as a director or a producer, you know, anything else, I think, you know, the more of those conversations you can have, and it doesn't have to be a big group, thank yeah. you, but, you know, if you just see someone 
really working hard on the stuff for gas. Cool. Uh, you know, just tell them thank you that you are happy with what they're doing, that you're happy that they're there because it makes a big difference. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah, that is totally one thing that I always, and I mean, a lot of people hear me on the walkie. I'm always, thank you, thanks. You know, I always yeah. want to make sure that's said, but enough about me. I hate the word. <laughs> this feels weird. Where are we?
primarily talking here about acting, actors-wise. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah, because everybody on crew really busted it through. You know, the cold man. It was cold. Oh some man, of those there was nights. a couple of nights. Yeah. I think the happiest I've ever been in my entire life was when I found out we had hot chocolate on set. <laughs> I was freaking out. I was so happy. You were like a kid in a candy store. You were like. Chocolate. I just don't do cold well. Like, I'm cold-natured. So, like, yeah. even in Houston, Texas, in the wintertime, I do like the house pretty cold. But I will sleep in, like, flannel pajamas with, like, three blankets. Like, I am just cold-natured. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not used to dry, dry atmosphere like the desert. Man, it was like on the moon. I, I laughed with Rich a couple times because, you know, we were making jokes about it. It's supposed to be hot. It's the desert. And yeah. I was like, this is more like the moon where as soon as the sun goes down, just freezing. It was Because that's how it felt. In the middle of the day yeah. in the sun, man, it was hot. Yep. And then as soon as that sun went down, it turned cold. Well, I remember Rich being in that robe that night. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't have a jacket. Everybody's like, why don't you have a jacket? No, I asked you before we left the hotel. Yeah. I'm just putting this on the record. Oh, I was like, Chris, are you sure you don't want a jacket? No. No, I'll be all right. I'm it's good. Not be, it's not going to be that cold. Yeah, it was freaking cold. Uh, but, uh, you know, so, of course, through that, I mean, even, it was just constant. Like, everybody pulled, you know, was pulling their weight. And um, and so it's, it's hard, right? Yeah. When you have 30-plus people that have been working for 12 hours in really cold weather overnight. Right. And then you have one person come in and, you know, maybe not not be so up about shooting the rest of the night. Right. And, right. Uh, totally. It kind of ties your hands and so it's, you know, I just I just really feel like if more I just feel like you'll get more work. I feel like more people will want to work with you yeah. if you are just really cognizant. And I'm not talking about going out and shooting like 24 hours in a day. I mean, obviously there are lines yeah. drawn. Yeah. But yeah. uh, you know, it's I just think that if you really take it to heart that, you know, everybody is working hard and you know, you just need to, I don't know, just be really cognizant of of everybody's time. Right. Absolutely. You know, don't waste anybody's time. You know, don't draw attention. There's no room for egos on a set for, from anybody. Right. So, I, you know, I've, I've mentioned this to Chris and Mel kind of in private that, I, I mean, I can deal with stupid, but I cannot deal with, you know, rudeness. Yeah. Uh, I just, I can't. the only thing there was just a couple times where I felt like people were just being inconsiderate totally and I I don't know how to deal with that because I I choose not to right uh so well and it's 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 a tough thing to deal with especially when like you said when we're on a set we only have 14 days yeah and you've got somebody that's not you know I can say this almost every actor there was down for whatever and was there to work you know but there were a couple that we had issues with, you know, yeah. and it's nothing against Rich. I mean, um, you know, Rich did everything within his power to make this movie happen, and it did. But with that little bit of issue that we had, it it hurt us a little. I mean, yeah. really, we had to we had to push forward. And uh, there were a couple of nights that I remember going back up to Mel's and saying, "Hey, uh, this is going to be rough." Like yeah. to finish out these next couple of days because we're having to add stuff because of issues we had. Yeah. You know. It's just kind of, you know, most of the most of the curse yeah. that was brought upon us yeah. were usually things that were just kind of out of our hands in yep. a way. Yep. And I felt like that one could have easily 
was a legitimate question. Like, I don't, I mean, for, like, I hate to say it, but, you know, like, on, on 869, like, we put our actors through the ringer. Yeah. Like, there was, there should, we should not have treated our actors that way. Right. And I, I'm the first one to admit it, but, it, you know, it was my first film, and I was really kind of carrying it for the most part. Yeah. And so, uh, but they were awesome. Like, they were the first ones to step up and say, like, well, what can we do to help? What can we, like, they started becoming crew members. Right. You know, and, and so I guess it kind of spoiled me a little bit because yeah. now I'm thinking, like, well, all these actors have my mindset where it's like, well, I don't care what we have to do. Right. As long as we can finish this film, because guess what, guys? If you walk off a set, I don't care. You know, if you're a higher level crew member or an actress, if you walk off set, then all of your work has gone to shit too. Exactly. Because this film won't be seen by anybody. So then everything you just did now right. is not seeable. You know, exactly. so so you have to think about it in the long term too. Like you know, this is also for this is for everybody. Yeah. So my mindset is well, then everybody wants to make sure that it gets done and. You would hope. You would hope. Yeah. And, I mean, to, to answer your question, no. You should never have to do that. I mean, because the reality is, like you just said, they should be there trying to get their their craft out for people to see. Because right. at the end of the day, that's what another director or another, you know, another producer is going to see. Right. And They're I'm going not to saying... See their job on, on this movie. Exactly. You know? And I'm not saying that I expect them to step up and roll sound. You know, no, like, I don't no. expect them to work yeah. hard. It's just but when we call, you. when we call you, you know, come. Yeah. <laughs> like, when we call you, do, like, do as we say, because, yeah. you know, when I see uh, from, you know, where I was sitting, you know, 30 people sit in cold and work hard for, you know, 10 hours for it to just be halted yep. by something so what in my I would consider minuscule. Yeah. Uh, it, it was just frustrating. It was it was just heartbreaking for me for everybody. Yeah. You know, because like I just felt so bad that everybody's been working and it's like, okay, what do we what do we do now? And All I right. just I immediately get defensive and you know, my initial reactions because you know, like you said earlier, everybody kind of becomes a family. Yeah. And it's like, well you can treat me bad, but the minute you treat family member about it's over like right. I'm on top of you and exactly. so like I'm seeing everybody work so hard and then all of a sudden everybody's just like you know heartbroken because we can't it's like what do we do you know there's a potential we might not even finish the film right uh, yeah. it's like I immediately want to kill somebody <laughs> like I'm immediately on defense and just want to you know make someone responsible for their actions and right. that's you know and obviously not the way to handle things so that's and it's not like I did that no I, not at all not I was at professional all. about everything Absolutely. but it's still you know I just I just wish everybody would would go into a project thinking that this is a collective effort Absolutely. and that there's no there's no one person like there's a certain hierarchy in a way on a set into like who you probably should report to you know, just, just but that's that's to make things flow. That's right. not because someone's more important. Right. And so it's just so things are done properly. It's, exactly. That's just so things are more efficient, yep. not because someone's more important than you. And I just wish that everybody would go into a, pro a project with that mindset because right. I I just think that it'll be it'd be easier on everybody. Oh, for sure. And so, that's yeah. I mean. 
and that's one of the things that, you know, I think a lot of productions miss is that, yes, there's a chain of command. No, it's not that we're better than you. It's the fact that these people need to know what's going on so that way they can handle it properly. Yeah, you know? we can't have 50 people go to one person, but if we had 10 people go to this person and 10 people go to that person, then right. it's easier to delegate the problems and issues. Exactly. And so that's... It all goes back to what you said on another project. Too many chiefs, not enough Indians. Yeah. You know? So, you know... And there was a couple times on this one where we had too many chiefs yep. and I and I noticed it and, and I was actually one of the chiefs and I was like this isn't helping yep. and so I went back and sat down and, and, and withdrew myself out of it because I saw that that was the problem and I, and I, I didn't feel like it was my my place to tell anyone else that they needed to back off right uh, you know but I, I just recognized it and I, I sat down for that pantry scene yep, yep. and I totally. just sat back at Video Village and just made sure, you know, continuity was right, right. lines were right, and eye lines were right, and, and we got it done, and I mean, I think that it, there, there's, there's some problems with that scene, I don't really know what started that scene into being such a hectic scene, because it really wasn't supposed to be. Yeah, I mean, that scene turned into a... It was just really what, kind of a weird... What should have been, like, not even an hour's worth of shooting turned into, like, three. Yeah. And I, I, I still, I look back at it, and I'm like, what? It's a puzzle. Like, yeah, I don't, happened? it was, it was almost like, just like another curse where it was like some kind of haze that filtered into the room yeah. and just yeah. made everyone not know what to do, I guess. Yeah. And it wasn't that no one knew what to do. It was just, it was just weird. Like you said, it's hard to pinpoint why it was confusing, why it was complicated, why it took so long. I mean, I don't think anybody has a clue. Like, yeah, if you start just... to talk to any of them, it's, it's weird.
for a second and was just like, oh, well, whatever. But then, I mean, almost within like 100 feet of walking to yeah. the table, I kind of laughed because I was like, no, it totally wasn't. I totally was just like a diva for a second. Yeah. And it was like, but what they do? They turn the light back on. So yeah. it was like, yeah. even though you know that you're probably right, it's hard sometimes to get in there and argue. Like, it'll take more time than if you just let them figure it out. Right, right? exactly. So it's, it's hard, like you said, to when you, I guess, have had the experience and you know the answer, you know the final answer. Right. But then to, like, argue with them to get to that point sometimes takes longer than just letting them find that that's the point you're in Letting them find so. the way, yeah. Exactly. And, I mean, that's kind of where I was with that, you know. was. And I remember when I said that to you, I was like, and you kind of gave me a look and I was like, I'm not trying to be a dick. Like, <laughs> no, but it was, it was just very yeah. much more forward than we had really been right. with each other right. on the set. And so it was, but it needed to, it needed to happen and it needed to happen forward enough for me to, for me to realize, oh, he's not just saying that as like a joke. Like he's telling me to not continue talking for someone else to then shut me down and it then be a problem. Right. So it was like, it was a check and balance at that point. Right. And, uh, I, you know, it was just a, it was a madness, a moment of madness where I was taking over and I was like, no, never mind. That's, yeah, yeah, you're right. That's not my place. Yep. So, segueing into the curse part of this, this episode that we need to cover because we need your side of it and what all you actually saw as far as curse wise. I yeah, there say was... that in quotations, by the way, you can't see my hands, but <laughs> curse as they, as we've been calling it. So, like, what did you see as far as the curse? And, like, what was... What what rang out to you as curse? Well, I'm trying to think, because there was several... You know, y'all brought up a lot. Um, but there was one in particular that I actually... I remembered, because we were kind of trying to go over it a little bit on our drive. And we missed one and I when I remembered it I was like oh my gosh I have to tell them and I think I wrote it down and I can't remember it off the top of my head but maybe it'll come to me okay. in, in talking okay. but um, you know curses as far as like things that I feel like were out of our control in a way could also be in control so right it's kind of like poltergeist right, you know? they right. say oh there's this curse but then there's also like sort of scientific things For behind sure. each one For sure it's kind of the same thing like y'all talked about the drone crashing before day one yeah before day and one and it's like okay well a lot of people point you know point to the pilot but drones also can just crash right i mean right. it's still like flying objects that go wrong things go wrong things Absolutely. malfunction yep. and i i personally saw these guys fly those little drums you know you saw yeah, too yeah, yeah. though they were good pilots yeah like they were good at what they did and you could tell that that is what they were into so i like day one i was just like man those pilots suck like when i heard that it <laughs> i was like i don't even know who they got they just get some kid off the strip like what happened right uh, i was so like irritated and then after seeing them, I was like, oh no, these guys are pretty legit. Yeah. So something had to have gone wrong with them. I mean, people aren't just going to crash their drones. Kind of like we talked about the pilots. People right. are not just going to crash planes exactly. on purpose. Exactly. It's so, not their end game. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, that I, I kind of want to put that more on like a cursed side of the board. Okay. Just because, you know, it's just yeah. like, what that's the hell? definitely more Indian burial ground, yeah. weird shit happening kind of situation. Like weird force field that it ran into and crashed and burned. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I mean, that one, I mean, I think the tank one, again, if 
falling through. I feel like just was somebody not doing their job as far as like researching. Yeah. But there's it's hard to like point a finger because right. it really should have been triple checked by like three different people. Oh, absolutely. And so it's kind of one of those things where it's like, yes, that could have been prevented, but like it's still frustrating because it's like that's that was our biggest thing and it should have gone through because it's a freaking tank. I mean, if you want to continue with the tank, right? Like they're running out of gas. Yeah. And again, that's explainable, but. But I mean. You know, it was also supposed to run into other parts of the house that didn't do what it was supposed to. Yep. And again, like you could probably point fingers, but I just as a whole, it was just very unlucky, right? Yeah. So if it's going to be unlucky, then it's going to be part of the curse side. Well, yeah, there was almost a curse on me for a minute there that you kind of freaked out. Yeah, because you were yeah. the, you were standing in the middle of this gate, and from our perspective, from my perspective, it looked <laughs> like the gate was closed, and he was just staring at a wall. I'm yeah. sorry, that's what it looked like. And all I could see was the top of the tank going really fast toward the wall that he was in. So I was about to like have to go Superman him out of there or something. <laughs> and uh, but fortunately, I guess they had it under control, and the tank was just I don't know playing chicken or something. But, right. Uh, I won. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, basically. So that's with the way the productions was going. I was just waiting. I, I mean, I really, truly just saw it in my head and was. I was free. Like, just thinking about it actually kind of makes me a little nervous. Yeah. I, it was... Crazy. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah, that was a bad moment for me. But, yeah. um, I mean, gosh, it's hard to, like, kind of go back through the in-between, right? Because it was kind of, like, beginning and end curse. Yeah. Drone and tank. Well, uh, you know, Mel's... Oh, Mel's yeah. Hard, no, you know, Mel's thing. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, kind of like y'all said, it was just... Like, I could tell something was wrong leading to it because he just kept getting quieter and quieter as we got closer and closer to Vegas. I right. Mean, he was very talkative at the beginning. Right. And then, I mean, by the time we hit Nevada, like, I don't think I heard him speak anymore. And so it was just... It was more grunts. Yeah. Think, it, yeah. So it was very out of character. Um, I just couldn't believe that he did the Uber thing. Like, that, blows, yeah. that just blows my mind. Yeah. I get why, but... I just can't believe that he made it there. I mean, right. that's just crazy to me, just right. hearing the story about it. So that... Well, because, I mean, I remember Remember, we were in Costco. Yeah. Or no, we were in Sam's. Yeah. And we were getting all the crafty supplies because Mel was like, hey, go out and do this for me. And we were like, okay, no problem. Yeah. So we went out and did all that. And I just remember getting the text. And I was like, oh, shit. You know, like, yeah. I mean... I didn't know what else to say, you know, and, like, I remember telling you, and you are like, what the, like, what yeah. do we do? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, obviously, we knew what to do, but, like, it was still just one of those complete shock, because, wow, you know, I mean, right. it, it slapped me in the face, to say the least, as far as stress and, like, okay. Yeah, I mean, I think that you, you were obviously, besides him, the most one affected by it, just because of the extra that, that you took on. Yeah. Um, very gracefully, I might add, and it was, it was kind of, like, surreal for me, because really and truly, I, I've not, like, hardcore worked on a feature with Mel, it's usually been, yeah. like, web series, right. um, or, you know, like, post-production stuff, like, as a true feature start to finish, I've never actually been on set right. with him, so I really wasn't sure what to expect, and I really didn't feel like on my side, I, I picked up a lot. Like, I was trying to sort of second for you on some days.
is some scientific stuff there that like obviously leading up, leading to, up it. to it that caused it but like yeah but then what about our flat tire that same day right not our flat tire but, but yeah, our actress's yeah, flat tire actress's flat tire there's another thing that, that was we did day, not that was before day one yeah we didn't even talk about that that was still day zero yeah I remember we showed up yeah and you know we were just there to talk about I can't remember what we were there to talk about. I think we were dropping this. food. I don't know. Well, we, we weren't dropping. Well, no, we were there to talk about the walls and stuff first. Yeah. And then we left to go get food. Then we came back. Not food for us, by the way. No. Food for the yeah. food for yeah. the production. Because Chris and I did not get to eat until 11 o'clock that night. Yeah, we literally had, were going nonstop to like 11 o'clock that night after we picked up Justin from the airport. We were just immediately because, like, we're getting food now. Yeah, just because we had to, you know, we had to take care of a lot of stuff. But didn't we still have like a meeting after that? Yeah. 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 Cause we yeah. were like, it doesn't matter. We're not doing another thing no. until we eat food. Yep. It didn't matter. We were like, we are eating before this meeting. I don't care. Like, so we did, we went and ate, no big deal. Went to the meeting and everything was fine. Um, and I can say like, I totally understand where you're coming from with Mel. Like, because you kind of saw it, but like for me, and I said this in the last podcast too, was like, I could tell there was something more going on. You know yeah. what I mean? But I didn't know how to approach it. I mean, I mean really, I just, just like, if, I just thought he was just really, I don't know, stressed about yeah. something. Obviously he was. Yeah. Uh, obviously he was not feeling very good, but I just thought like maybe that's how he handles stress as he just gets quiet. Cause you know, everybody kind of does. We all do our yeah, own Yeah, he does different things. So I was yeah. just like, okay, well, I'll just let him rest. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that was, that was definitely it. And then the obvious things that y'all said about, uh, like, you know, our, our laryngitis. And, yeah, uh, we had a, yeah, we had an actress that had laryngitis, yeah. which was insane. And, uh, you know, sun blisters and stuff like that. They kind of, that, that's sort of what initially started causing our rescheduling as far as scenes. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's kind of like, what are the odds of that happening? Right. Again, can, can be scientific and I... I have my own uh, ideas of scientific things why those happen. <laughs> uh, so I guess you could put that on a curse just because of timing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know the camera thing that was day zero too. It's like oh, yeah. it just we should have yeah. known. We should have yeah. known day zero. <laughs> this this was, was this was Indian burial ground, and we need to get the hell away from it. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, ultimately. Indian burial ground or not, we powered through it, and we still got a really good movie. <laughs> we powered through day zero. Yeah, we, <laughs> we made it to day, day one. And made it to day one <laughs> without any other incidents, and yeah. you know, I think ultimately. Oh you know, no, I remember the one y'all oh, did. Oh, here it comes. Here it no, comes. I remember the one that y'all didn't do. Okay, hold on. Bum, I'm pretty bum, sure it's the one y'all didn't do. This was my favorite curse. All right, all right, here we go. <laughs> Again, somewhat explainable, but not. Okay. It's Justin sitting in the swing. Oh, did you yeah. mention that when I we, can't we remember? We did. We oh, talked okay. about. We did talk about the swing, but go ahead because you actually were there. No, when, I wasn't. Oh. I was with you, standing with you. Oh, got it. Okay. When when they when they walked back through the gate and said they had to fix it. That's right. That's but right. I, it was one of those moments that I think everybody was kind of high stress because it was like day two before end of film. Yeah. And you know we have the tank and we're trying to get this done and this is our last shot with the tank and everybody's just like 
you know, going 100 miles an hour <laughs> in a high intense moment, and it's like the swing broke, and it's like, what do you mean it broke? Well, they sat in it. Boom. <laughs> yeah, Chris, yeah. who sat in it? And I mean, if anyone else had sat in it, I would have been like, really? But I think because of the person, <laughs> it just, it just like warmed my heart almost. Like, I just was so, I don't know why, but it still to this day almost makes me cry because I laugh so hard. <laughs> Oh, yeah. uh, but I 
was laying down in the seat right behind, like the back seat, so like the second seat, because there was like five rows. Yeah. And uh, laying down and sleep. <laughs> so definitely like, you know, hear the impact and hear, sh hear shit shit from Chris. But then I also hear, you know, the fuck fuck from, oh, from Mel. Mel. But I'm still laying down and yeah. I'm hearing this. And so I obviously have, I don't know what's going on and I just heard an impact and I hear cussing. <laughs> but because of that, I'm bracing for a second impact right. because I'm thinking they're cussing continuously because they see coming. something coming toward us. Yeah. And so I'm just kind of sitting there bracing myself until it's very obvious that we're not going to hit something and we're slowing down, you know, pulling over. Right. Uh, but no, to, to hear Mel's, <laughs> Mel's version of what he thought he was waking up to <laughs> kind of has me, uh, kind of has me cracking up because I could, I could see that. But, uh, yeah, we, we like to still give Chris a hard time for that. But he takes it like a champ. Yeah, thanks, guys. <laughs> oh, fucking deer. Yeah. But, you know, that, that I don't know, I still kind of, I want to put that in the Indian burial ground side of things. I mean, even though I'm like, I don't know. No, some of that stuff comes home with you, man. Like, yeah. Like, it takes a while to get rid of it. I mean, and that's kind of what I'm thinking is like, man, that was just the end of my, the end of my curse of it following me home, you know, because that was just crazy. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean. I, mine has not ended. I don't know about you, but I still have been feeling my curse. Oh, with, yeah. Like, my well, car yeah. is not dumping and yeah. all kinds of stuff, so. I mean, so far since I've been home, everything's been okay. So, I haven't had too much of an issue. I mean, besides driving all the way back to Gainesville to get everything that day. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, all in all, I think the curse is finally lifting. I That's think we're, we're going to start seeing, we're obviously seeing some good things. I mean, you know, we just had this meeting in Dallas. We're on our way home from that. Yeah. Um, and then, hopefully, in December, it looks like we're going to be on another feature in L.A. Right. So looks like things are starting to look up yeah. uh, for all three of us. Since Mel's not here, he can't really talk about it. But right. yeah, it looks like looks like things are really going to start picking up. And who knows, maybe this year is actually the year that things get really busy for us. We're going to have to change the title yep. of the podcast. We may actually have to become Living the Dream instead of Barely. <laughs> um, I'm I, not still Barely. Still Barely. And I, I'm pretty sure it'll stay Barely, but we'll see. Who knows? And we'll just change it to Living the Dream for now. Yeah, exactly. For now. Um, well, I, I think we're I think we're about ready to wrap this one up. What do yeah. you think? I yeah. think, we're, think we've touched base on pretty much everything. Yeah, I think that's heard, pretty... Heard your side on it all. Yeah, that pretty much encompassed, I think, everything. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm just still really, you know, really excited to have been a part of it, so... For sure. I think we all are. I think, you know, we all, once again, had a great time and did an excellent job. We did. We had an yeah. excellent crew. I excellent think the only like just little thing that I'll add that kind of went along because I know that y'all mentioned and we'll, we can totally wrap it after this. Yeah. But, um, you know, y'all are talking about obviously our podcast that rubs some people the wrong way. Right. Is um, like this production that we were on. I just feel like that's why I almost want to stress to people, you know, in Houston that I feel like you know, our community is like, I almost hate to use this word, but I don't, I can't really think of a better description, but it's just kind of inbred, right? Like there's, we just kind of keep using yep. 
the same people for the same projects. I'm not saying to, you know, use other people, but I feel like you almost need to go outside of Houston. Like, work on other projects. And see what it's and like. And see what it's like, because coming out of Houston finally and being able to really work on a project really kind of gave me another, like, newfound hope that this sure. really is not just how it always is, you yep. know? So I just, you know, encourage you to try to to go outside of Houston, you know, just to get, because and then to bring it back, right? right? Then bring right. it back, those experiences back so that we can just change, Thrive. change as a city. You know, yeah. there's no reason we have every, everything in the city that a film would need. And there's no reason why we can't, you know, shouldn't be a top Absolutely. contender in all the cities other than like tax incentives. But, you know, those really don't matter unless you're in like huge, huge budgets anyway. Right. So for independent film, you know, go have other experiences. Don't just work with one person and think that's how it has to be. Exactly. You know, bring those experiences back and, and try to try to change it. Yeah, for that sure. That would be my last, like, word of advice, I guess. I completely, 100% agree with you. In fact, I to tag on to that, and we will wrap this up, uh, I do remember on that, on a couple, the production we were on that we talked about, I remember looking at you... And I was like, wow, this really isn't how it should be. And you distinctively told me, this is how it always is. Yeah, so it was, wasn't a surprise. And it was heartbreaking to me because I'd already been out and had seen the light, seeing yeah. all this other, how productions really should go, right. you know. And so it was awesome to bring you out and you actually see it. Yeah. And actually to hear that it's actually kind of reawakened to hope in you yeah which is nice you know it's very nice to hear that's very nice for that to actually start coming to fruition for sure and us you know and people seeing just how great you are you know what i mean and the fact that all along what mel has been saying and i have been saying about what all you can do people are actually seeing it you know what i mean and it's not just not just words you know right yeah. you actually come out and do an amazing job on set and just like you know the dp several other people have said, you know, you're on everything I'm on, you know, from this day forward. So that's, that's awesome. You know, it's a great thing. So absolutely. So I think we're going to wrap it up now. Uh, well, I'll let you start off with where we can find you. Um, on Twitter and on, I guess just movie monster, um, on Twitter and on Facebook. I think on Twitter, actually, I know we always keep talking about this. Yeah. Like we need to check it, but it's yeah. it's Movie Monster H O U for Houston because gotcha. there's another Movie Monster, so it's Movie Monster H O U. Gotcha. And uh, and then just Movie Monster on Facebook, and then uh, you can find Eight Six Nine on Amazon and iTunes. Although, well, that's a, that's another podcast. But anyway, yeah, so you can find Eight Six Nine on Amazon and iTunes. And uh, you can see uh, probably my first short, or it's a feature, but you yeah. can see my first feature that uh, I made every mistake in the book on, but it still got made, so there you go. And it's out. And it's out there. So, so there you go. Uh, you can find me at, let's see, Twitter, I believe it's Chris Chris War54. Uh, Instagram, it's, I'm sorry, on Twitter, it's actually War 54 You said that. Yeah, did I say C? Or? Okay, anyway. <laughs> on Twitter, it's CWAR54. On Instagram, it's ChrisWar54, I believe. On Facebook, it's Christopher Warren. Look for the Hannibal Lecter mask. That's me. I know there's a lot of Christopher Warrens out there. We actually talked about that earlier. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and 
psychic experiment. Uh, look for placeholders. Placeholders. That's actually on Amazon uh, and on iTunes and all all over the place. You can find it all over the place now. Uh, and then, Everywhere. What else? Even under your bed. Dot dot dot. <laughs> anyway, uh, I think that's about it, and we're gonna wrap this one up. Thanks, guys. Adios. is part of the B&E Network, brought to you by B-Movies and ebooks.com. Man, okay, yeah, so we live in a, we live in, like, the ghetto. It's, like, rough. They're just gangsters and shit. We have to keep Podcast all the windows closed. no money. We can't move. Like there's like there's like a shootout going on regularly. Why do you, okay, stop. Why do you say shit like that? Like, <laughs> why? like, why do you why does he say shit like we live in the ghetto and there's shootouts regularly? Just for the clarity of the podcast, there's not. Two versus three, nerds with beers and opinions. A weekly podcast hosted by Cody, Kyle, and Greg. New episodes every Thursday at bmoviesandebooks.com.